This is Prince Nana, and you're listening to the Top Dads Podcast. Fools. <laughs> kick ass and chew bubblegum, but fuck man, we're all out of bubblegum. Might as well bring you episode number three of Top Dad's Podcast. Oh yeah. As yeah, always, we've... here's Tristan and Troy. Yeah, we've been out man. We got dad shit. Um, my son turned a whole year old. Uh, Tristan and his wife were trying to get back into home after moving. We were staying with her parents staying I guess during the quarantine stuff. for a couple months and then my yeah. parents for a couple months and finally yeah. back fucking home. You guys know. Shit's been crazy. You already yeah. you already know it's been crazy. But we're back. We're good. We're alive. We're kicking. <laughs> COVID ain't taking us out. Fuck COVID. <laughs> and oh my god, there was so much stuff this week. So uh, starting with last Saturday, uh, Impact Wrestling put on Slammiversary, Slammiversary, which was the 16th Slammiversary event. So they kind of alternate every year whether Slammiversary or Bound for Glory is going to be their biggest show. Right. And I did find out this week that actually Slammiversary is held on the anniversary of when TNA first opened. Right. So that's cool that they've like held that up. Right. All the time. But, uh, yeah, man, this show was, like, in kind of the same way that, like, I'm a huge fanboy for the New Japan, right? And whenever people ask me when to get started on that, um, like, a lot of people who don't watch it all year round will watch Wrestle Kingdom. Like, Cody doesn't watch the rest of it with me, but he'll watch Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, I love Wrestle Kingdom. So, the same way... <laughs> That's kind of me, too. It's like, so, I watch Wrestle Kingdom, so but So, the same way for this, else. like, Slammiversary being, they were marketing it as kind of, like, a Dirt. soft reset for the year. Right. Like, they were going to get all their ducks in a row and then go from there, right? They're laying, they're setting the table for the year with this show. Right. So, it's a really good jumping off point, and... Uh, Wow, these people put in work. <laughs> like the show was really, really good, and Dude, it made no me want to watch. Kidding. Like it made me want to tune in on Tuesday, which is impressive because fuck me, I watch a lot of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I give you that one. I so. honestly, I thought I did, but God, dude, you like blow me out of the fucking water when it comes well, I mean, to so my kid and his mom, wrestling. My kid and his mom fall asleep like two to three hours before me every day. Yeah. So usually like after they go to bed, I'll just knock out a show or two. Yeah, I don't I don't have that luxury. My kids fall asleep <laughs> and I go to pass out. I nine times out of ten I either fall asleep before them or I fall asleep with them and then I yeah, it turns out and, turns out um, if you like to watch a lot of wrestling, uh, watch in, it with in, your kids. Insomnia <laughs> is really conducive to knocking out a lot of shows. No kidding. <laughs> so uh, we had so the opening contest for the show we had uh, the Rascals, so Zach Wentz and Dez Xavier. Yep. They had an open challenge to any tag team that wanted to wrestle them, which, I mean, it's a Rascals match. It's gonna be good. Right. Like, those dudes are amazing. And the fucking Motor City Machine Guns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Motor City Machine Guns. The greatest tag team of all time. Fuck you. Fight me. They are my Shout out to you, Relante. They are my... Oh, we love him. Oh, yeah, but I but, mean... But those are... That is my favorite tag team of all time. 
Well, them and like the Crush gals, but nobody listening is gonna know who that is. But no. <laughs> like, oh my god! In our like lifetimes, watching this stuff, like the machine guns are incredible. I told you before we started. Like honestly, dude. Well, I mean, they're from Detroit. Yeah, I mean, how can they not be? We're biased, right? But like, dude, Alex I'm Shelley. Boys. Alex Shelley should have won every major promotions world title three times over. Like Johnny Gargano owes this man royalties for his whole fucking move set. Yep. And so does like the majority of guys <laughs> of who two hundred five live. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like most guys who wrestle, like smaller guys who wrestle like a technical style in the last like ten years. Alex Shelley. They bit stuff from Alex Shelley because Alex Shelley is incredible. Right. Like, if you're going to copy somebody, copy Alex Shelley. Uh, not to, you know, not to diss Chris Saban or anything, because yeah, he's also not, really... Not that Saban's not good, but, Yeah, you know. but god damn, dude. Alex Shelley is, like, on a whole other level. So, the Machine Guns came out, and they ended up beating the Rascals. Uh, that match ran about 15 minutes. Yeah, 14 minutes and 17 uh, seconds. Real good pace throughout that whole thing. They just go, 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 bell to bell the whole time. They Everybody got their shit in there. Um, the way they sold it with the Rascals, I thought it was really good, because um, you run the risk of, when you have a surprise team who hasn't been around in a while, you run the risk of when you have them run over one of your regular teams, right? Uh, kind of burying your regular team, you know, by saying like, "Oh my God, these guys haven't tagged in a while." Like you run the risk of shitting on your regular team because they're together every week, <laughs> right? But the way that they ended up doing it, I thought was really good because they played up the idea that like, um, the rascals go at the pace that the machine guns used to go at, right? And the machine guns can't really, you know, injuries and stuff, they can't go that pace all the time anymore, but the experience makes up for it. Right. So they managed to edge them out with that. I thought that was really good. That really put over uh, Zach and Dez just being able to hang with them like that. But now, machine guns are two-time TNA, or sorry, Impact tag team champs. Yeah, so actually we'll we'll get into that with the the next match, the whole TNA thing, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, they ended up, uh, they challenged uh, the North for the tag titles, because they ended up retaining later tonight. But right after the open challenge, um, so Moose is declaring himself the real world's champion, and he's walking around with, it was the old, um, it's a damn good looking belt. The the TNA belt, where it was gold, and it had the blue writing on it, and right now he's holding it with, like, it's that with the gold plate and the blue writing, but it has a white strap on it, and apparently somebody said that's like a replica belt. (laughs) Sure, shit looks like it to me. I've always like I've said plate, that since day one. The plate looks the plate kind of thin. Look, yeah, the it's plates thin, are it's thin. The weird. strap looks like it's not got anything. I mean, I always it. liked that belt personally, even if their like booking was a little weak during that period of time. Yeah. But okay. so Moose uh, had an unsanctioned. Uh, he has an unsanctioned belt, and he had an old school rules match with Tommy Dreamer. For that belt, right? I tell you what, man. For Tommy being the age he is at, that was a. I thought it was a pretty damn good match. Like it Tommy was, Dreamer can still do a hardcore match. Oh yeah, like he's real good. Speaking of though, oh my god, dude, the best part of this entire match was uh, Moose was about to like drop Tommy Dreamer, yes, right? and he grabbed him by his head and he looked at him and goes, "I didn't even watch ECW," and like threw him back down. <laughs> I, so leading, <laughs> I actually great. leading up to this match, I don't know if you've seen it. Tommy cut a promo on Moose. Yeah, that oh promo. Oh my ruled. god! 
the just the fact that he was like, you know, you can't you couldn't make it in the NFL. You sure shit ain't gonna make it in here either. It was like, what? to oh, me, he kind of he kind of wrecked him. On yeah, TV, it just yeah. was like, oh my god, man! Like that was like promo of a lifetime. You didn't right have to do him like that, Tommy. That yeah, you didn't have to do him like that. No, there was a couple good spots in that match though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, not as much as obviously like it's hard to put on a match after the Motor City Machine Guns like. Mm-hmm. To me, if it was me, I would have put the machine guns in between main event and the women's tag or the women's uh, championship match. Or sorry, the knockouts yeah. championship match. But yeah, that actually it was, was a, nice. That actually was a thing this week where like people were talking about whether they liked that um, that name, the the knockouts thing, mm. and a bunch of the women had said that they don't have a problem with it and like really it doesn't like I I never really you know thought anything of it but when people had tried to say like oh well that discredits uh, the women when you call them that um, personally I don't think so and personally I also think that in like the mid early mid 2000s TNA had a stacked ass women's division when WWE was still doing bra and panties mud wrestling matches. Yep. So if you're going to talk about like what's disrespectful to the women or what doesn't allow them to show what they're able to do. I mean, the company was named Tits and Ass. Like Vince Russo had a stable called Sports Entertainment Extreme because it spelled sex. Like they were doing stupid shit, but at the end of the day they were letting women wrestle. Oh yeah. So like you know, I mean, if, shit. They had one of the, they like, Gail Kim is one of the best women's wrestlers God, out yes. there. Yes. Like and so if you like if you don't like the name, I totally understand why you don't like the name. But if the women in the company, if you take them at their word and they're fine with it, then whatever. I'm I don't have an issue. Right. Like as long as they're allowed to show how good they are, then that's fine. Because you know that's that's what I want to see. Like Jordan Grace has been one of my favorite parts of their oh yeah stuff. For a while now. So speaking of women, speaking of, uh, we had the gauntlet, gauntlet for the gold uh, to be the number one contender to face Jordan Grace for the Impact, so the Knockouts Championship. Yeah, so that was so, won by former AEW star Kylie Ray. So it was uh, Jessica Havoc, although she's just Havoc there with a K. Yes. Uh, Nevea. Madison Rain, the love of Earl Hebner's life, man. Right. Right, That's that's my heart. It's my love. (laughs) Uh, Kimberly, who, um, you know that Zach Wentz's wife? Really? Yeah. Uh, She was in NXT for a while. She was Abby Lath. Ah. So, dude, Kimberly kicks ass. She was the first, uh, I think her and uh, Heidi Lovelace, uh, Ruby Riot, Mm -hmm. they were like a real big part of me watching Chikara back in the day. And um, Kimberly was the first win- uh, woman to win their world title. Okay. The, the Grand Championship, so that, that was cool. So Kimberly, uh, Alicia Edwards, uh, Tasha Which, Steeles. wasn't she... Eddie's wife, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Kira Hogan, Kylie Ray, Susie, Taya Valkyrie, Rosemary. So uh, Kylie Ray ended up winning that. Um, I was going to save this tangent for later, but honestly, like, it... One of one of the things for it, like for this, ugh, cannot. I want to watch Impact on a regular basis so bad, but god damn it, I cannot stand Josh Matthews on commentary. 
No. You have a <laughs> really good show with the worst announcer in the fucking business talking over the entire show every time. It's horrible. Like, you know the thing, like, when... You know how when your little brother is going through puberty and his voice cracks and he's self-conscious, so he drops it lower like this? Yes. He does his big boy voice. That's how Josh Matthews talks all the time. And like, he sucks all the emotion out of everything. But the reason I bring it up right now is because he was on commentary during this match, and he's married to Madison Rain. I didn't know that. And he didn't sound like he gave a shit about anything Madison Rain was doing. They reference on the show that that is Josh's wife, right? Dude, if Kaylee is, like, on this show and I'm on the commentary desk, I'm biased as fuck. I'm as soon as my wife As over. soon as she comes out, I'm like, oh my god, this is the greatest talent in the history of the business. Right. She's perfect. She does no wrong. She does everything better than everybody else. Women's champion forever. Like, right. I, like, I'm putting my wife over, man. I don't understand not sounding interested in anything that you're watching. Yeah, he's he's my singular hang-up. Like, he's my one thing. I refuse to watch wrestling with the sound off. Yeah, I know that's everybody's take. They're always like, well, just watch it with the sound off. That You totally miss everything. Yeah, because it's, it's like, I'm not going to let... You, you miss know. the wrestlers interacting with each other. Exactly. Like, you miss a lot of context because, ideally, your commentary hits story beats and stuff. Like, if you, like I want to know what the guy's cool-looking finish is called. The commentary's job right. is to tell me that. But, yeah, I just... Just fucking get Josh Matthews off the desk, and I will be... I will shill for you every single week on this show. Right. So, Kylie Ray ended up winning that, which was dope. I like Kylie Ray a lot. Yeah. She's really cool. See, and my thing is, too, I... When she was in WWE, she got a lot of things like, Oh, she's just a knockoff Bailey. Oh, uh, when uh, when they put her on AEW for a while, yeah, they were like, yeah. Oh yeah, not, but I don't know why I said WWE. I meant AEW. Yeah, I. She to me, I honestly like. I have said all along, I am not really a big Bailey fan. I like Bailey. Like she's um, okay. I think I she really sucks like, ass as I, a heel. I really like current Bailey, so we're we're gonna have to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> so we're we're both kind of biased on that because you like it, I hate it. I don't. I don't. Oh, dude, like I, it. Current I'm, Bailey oh. is great. <laughs> but um, she Kylie eliminated Taya Valkyrie last, which was surprising. <clears throat> which is a really big deal because Taya is booked stronger than any woman on this show, not named Jordan Grace. Right. Like Taya is pushed to the fucking moon on these shows. So her eliminating Taya last is a huge deal for Kylie. So hopefully that means that they have plans in place for her to do something cool. Right. Um, so, following that, we had uh, Chris Bay versus Willie Mack for the X Division title. I My boy, s- Willie Mack. so happy. I love both of those guys so much, but I'm super happy that Chris picked up the title. Yeah, so, uh, Chris Bay is one of those... Chris Bay and Mercedes Martinez are the two people that I... Every time I see them and I remember um, AEW not trying harder to sign them, mm-hmm. my immediate thought is, why the fuck not? Right. Like, what? like somebody asked Cody point blank, oh, do you want Chris Bay? And he was like, oh, I don't really think we need him. 
Impact had to, like, to their credit, you know, they let him do what he does, but, like, dude, they didn't have to repackage him, they didn't have to hold his hand, they didn't have to do shit except let him show how good he is, and he got over. To me, saying, so, like, Cody like, saying, like, we don't, almost like a, we don't want him, is, like, Impact telling Petey Williams, like, fuck you, Petey. Like, <laughs> go do your independent scene, don't come back. Fuck you, Petey. Like, that was just... That's no, Chris crazy. Bay. Chris Bay is amazing, and Willie Mack is really good too. Willie Mack is a veteran, and it shows. And like Willie Mack is incredible, and Chris Bay went went at it with him, and the match was really, really, really good. Like you expect the X Division match to be good because that's like the trademark of this company going back almost twenty years. Yeah, I mean back in the day though, that but, used to be the trademark, as Jim Cornette would say, the flippy under or lucha shit. But I mean, yeah, but that that match was really, really good, and Chris Bay ended up winning. I believe they said that that os cutter he does, like the springboard and the cutter, that he calls that the art of finesse. I think that's what they said. Um, either way, like that, that match was so good. Yeah, I honestly, like, I've always been a huge Chris fan, because uh, I've seen him... He was on uh, GCW Game Changer. Yes, was, we're going to a GCW yeah, show. He was God on damn GCW. it! I need to see Nick Gage. They're running one today after doing one half yesterday. They did the Homecoming show in Atlantic City. He actually, Chris was on Two Hundred Five Live. I want to say yes, he lost he was. to Davari. I not, can't remember. Not Davari. Yeah, Area Davari. Okay, I can't remember who it was. Is that who it was? Okay, yeah. that was in October, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Okay, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see the name of the move. Yeah, they took those off the Wikipedia. So. The fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but yeah, he ended up beating Willie Mack, and as disappointed as I was, because I thought Willie Mack was having a really good run with it, um, I refused to be sad about Chris Bay winning anything. Right. So that was really good. And then they followed that up with... Um, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander is uh, the North. The North, Oof. which is not as cool as their uh, indie tag name. Like, I'm sorry, like, I know the Canada thing, right? Monster Mafia is a way cooler name. <laughs> it see, to me, it was like, <laughs> but, what, what is it? Bobby Lashley and MB, or MVP. They're, oh, because they're the, the Hurt Business The Hurt now. Business. Instead of the Beatdown yeah, Clan. Yeah, Beatdown Clan. It was like... It's a fucking Beatdown Clan. Yeah. But, it's like Beatdown um, Clan sounds hell of a lot more badass than the Hurt Business. So you had uh, the North defending... Um, so they've been Impact Tag Champions for over a year. Right. And by the time they got to this Tuesday, which we will go over after this, um, they held the Impact Tag Belts for 384 days. Which, uh, according to commentary and according to all their social media and stuff, I didn't dig deep enough to figure out if this is true or not. Longest reigning. They said this was the longest reign um, of any champion in any division under the Impact brand in the history of their company. It's the 384 384 days. days. The shortest reign was Kaz and EY with not even a full day. Oh, I think they lost it the same night. Yep. So they beat uh, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan, who are definitely working a program against each other coming up here soon because they've been tagging together and they've had friction the entire time and they lost again so they're definitely going to work something against each other uh i like sammy callahan oh, personally yeah. 
And Ken Shamrock can still go surprisingly well at his age. Right. Like, that dude's spry as hell. <laughs> Did you see that dive he went for at the end of the match that he missed? Yeah. <laughs> Where he just ate shit on the ring apron? Yep. Yeah. That was it was like, yeah, you're just... To me, it was like, I seen that. You didn't have like, to do all that. Yeah, it's like, don't do that. It's like, you don't do <laughs> Nobody's that. Nobody's going to hold it against you if you don't do that. Right. It's like, you're Ken fucking Shamrock. Like, you're badass enough as is. He's the baddest man on the planet. Right. Literally. And it's oh, like, so no, 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 sorry. That's Mike Tyson. He's the most dangerous man in the world, is Ken Shamrock. Yeah. But still, it's like... His WWF theme rules, too. It's like, you're old, man. Don't be going for no <laughs> dives. You're going to get stuck in the apron again. So, so knockout championship. With uh, Deanna Parazzo yes. ended up defeating Jordan Grace. Which, they, to me, they was a strapped huge her, man. surprise. That finish ruled. Did you yes. see like, the end of it where she had the double Fujiwara? Oh, my God. Looking like Zack Sabre Jr. Yes. Just tied up both the arms. and just, Oh, my God. It was amazing. Jordan Grace is probably... like I watch a lot of Joshi stuff like I stardom is like where it's at for right me. but like as far as uh, the women's stuff that's on US like TV um, I can't even count like Hikaru Shida is still like that counts as like a Joshi wrestler <laughs> <laughs> and like oh Yuka Sakazaki is on AEW but she's also in uh, TJPW in Japan so like right as far as like uh, like women who are currently on TV Jordan Grace is probably my favorite like, I really love the dynamic of having a woman who is, like, just physically dominant, you know? Right. Like, she... I've seen her throw big, heavy dudes around like it's nothing. So, I really, really enjoy um, her working, like, a convincing power wrestler thing. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. I was kind of surprised that they put Deanna over her so soon. Right. Well, last I checked, she they said she hadn't even in. signed. It was just like a yeah. handshake deal, and I'm like... And she was, like, openly saying that she thought it was, like, a stepping stone to get to another company via the exposure from it. Yep. So I don't know if I would have done that, but you know what? The match that we're going to talk about after this came about because after a long history of uh, Tessa Blanchard having, like, a notably horrible attitude and people not wanting to work with her, and her being really unprofessional. They slapped the fucking world title on her, and expected it to go well, I guess. <laughs> I would definitely say it did not go the way they expected it like, to. Like, I mean, so getting into that, um, we had uh, a five-way elimination, so, like, people were cut from that match because people got let go, you right. know? Like, it happens. Uh, so we had the five-way. We had uh, Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, and Trey Miguel. And then there was a surprise wrestler announced to be the fourth person. And it was Rich Swan. And as much as I like Rich Swan, It was not a surprise. That is such an underwhelming surprise. It really was. It was like... <laughs> they were like, oh, here comes the surprise. And it's Rich Swan. It's like you could have just... You could have announced Rich Swan and gotten the same enthusiasm because people like him but he's not a surprise like does that make sense do i sound like no. i'm shitting on him no or, no I, know, like, I understand what you're saying like i like him and other people like him but it's not a surprise because he's already been in the like he was he was x division champion he's floated around the title scene for a little bit like it's right. not a surprise at that point and then he just kind of disappeared and then he's like boom he's back Here's and then surprise. uh so then you had an actual surprise depending on how you look at it and how much you paid attention 
uh, Eric Young came out after that. Right. And Eric Young cool. had his fucking working boots on. Yes. Like, he hit, I want to say, Trey. He hit Trey with this nasty-ass pile driver, like, towards the end of the match. Yep. Just took him out. Oh, yeah. Um, Eddie Edwards ended up winning this match. Really surprised me. And I felt kind of bad because um, my two thoughts after this match were, why is Eddie still doing this gimmick? Yep. And why the hell is Ace Austin not world champion right now? Yeah. Because there were five men in that match, and I like all of them, but I'm sorry. The most entertaining person in that match by a country mile was Ace, Ace Austin. Austin. Well, as we like, said before we started uh, recording, we were trying to figure out where we'd seen Ace Austin before. Come to find out, the local promotion known as Clash Wrestling has had Ace Austin on their roster for, what, I'd say... I don't even know how many years. Well, we saw him two years ago. Yeah, we seen him two years like ago. Like, around Christmas time, where they did the, um, the Seize the Day show. Yes. Which is, like, their big one for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Petey Williams was on that show. Yeah. I remember seeing... I can't remember what match it was. I can't... Yeah, honestly, but, but we, we saw Ace... Ace in there that night. And, you know, he was one of the ones who really stood out to us. And then here we are two years later, and he's on pay-per-view contending for a world title... And I am here ready to die on the hill that he should have won. Right. <laughs> like, over anybody else who was in that match, he should have won. Um, but he didn't, and, like, I'm not mad at Eddie Edwards winning it. It's just the current iteration of Eddie Edwards is the least fun thing he's done since no-selling Davy Richards' suplexes in Ring of Honor. Like. Yeah. It's just, it's not doing it for me. Um, him being a hardcore guy. Like, okay. Everybody can't be um, work rate guy. Right. Right? But, <laughs> um, the best work Eddie Edwards has ever done is as work rate guy. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, that's the best work that he's done. That's when he was at his peak, was when he was just really good wrestler, solid babyface Eddie Edwards. Like, he beat Bobby Lashley for the world title, and he was mostly just work-rate guy, and people went nuts for it. So, the reason I like Ace Austin, though, back to that for a minute, mm-hmm. he graduated from the CZW dojo. Watching him wrestle, that makes a lot of sense. So, it's like, you know, both of us, you know, we like CZW to begin with, but it's like, knowing that that's, like, the school he graduated from, it's like... Yeah, yeah, watching him wrestle and hearing that makes a lot of sense. Right. So, um, what was next? So, that was, uh, so, on Tuesday on Impact, um, I decided that I liked Slammiversary enough that I was going to give Impact a shot for that week. And again, God damn it, Josh Matthews. <laughs> this guy. Ugh. But um, two things that really stood out was uh, the obvious one was they announced on Saturday night that Tuesday on Impact, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns were going to challenge the North for the Impact Tag Titles. Right. And they ended up winning. Um, kind of book yourself into a corner. When you announce that, 
because on the one hand, you can probably get more mileage out of it if they don't win right away. Right. But on the other hand, like, people are going to want to see them win right right away. And the most eyes you're going to have is right then, not two months later when you decide to put the belts on them. So, like, I get it. I, I don't know. You could have went either way with it. I'm not saying there was a right or wrong way to go about it, because I don't know. Um, we forgot to mention that after the world title match, um, Eric Young was trying to attack Eddie Edwards, and um, Anderson and Gallows came out and confronted him. Or not, not Eric Young. It was uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Right. Uh, Sawyer Fulton. Uh, they came out and they were uh, trying to attack him, and the Good Brothers came out. Uh, to a fucking awful entrance theme, by the way. Yeah. Uh, God, their theme is bad. Like, I really hope they write them a good one, because, oh boy, that that one was not. But uh, they came out, and they chased him off, and then the following night, um, Ace and Fulton came out, and Ace got on the mic, and he was uh, telling them, like, yeah, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to accept your apology for what you did to me now. And, of course, the Good Brothers whip their ass and run them out of the ring, and you know, that's the end of that. So they're probably going to get into a thing, and um, uh, as much as I want Ace to be world champ and, like, centerpiece of everything right now, because he's my favorite thing on the show. Right. Like, him and Jordan Grace are, like, my favorite things on that show. Um, he... I don't want him to just go at Eddie Edwards and lose right away. I don't want him to, like, lose steam, you know? So I am 100% cool with him and um, Fulton just having a tag run for a while. I think that, that'll be fine. Um, EC3 had a vignette at the very end of uh, Slammiversary where he like smashed a whiskey glass off a wall and was looking... He looks like the Kurgan from uh, Highlander. Yeah. Like, he really, <laughs> I see that really, a lot of... He really does. He looks like the Kurgan. about that. But... Um, yeah, so he um, came out the following night, and he attacked Moose from behind. And fucking Josh Matthews gets on commentary, EC3 is controlling his own narrative, because it's what EC3 puts on his Twitter promos. And it, it was bad. Yeah, I, It was so Josh bad. Matthews, I, <laughs> it was yeah. so bad. Uh... I mean, EC3, like, his WWE run was one of the most disappointing things I've seen in a couple of years. Like, him getting signed is the clearest case I've seen in years of WWE signing somebody just to take them off another show so they can't be used on another show. Right. Like, they didn't have dick planned for him. They didn't have anything. He had a good run in... uh NXT, but... It was decent. He was in that really good ladder match at TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, he had a really good TakeOver match with Velveteen Dream, and that oh was good. Oh my god, I loved that match. And then they sent him up, and a guy who, like, a guy who you sign, let's be real, for his mic work. EC3 is not anything especially amazing in the ring. He's just solid. Right. Character work and talking is what he's really, really good at. Oh yeah. And you don't sign somebody like that and then give them the gimmick of being a mute if you have any intention of actually doing anything with them. You do that to take an asset away from a different company. 
Right. And so that was really disappointing, because there was a lot of stuff I wanted to see him do that I didn't get to. So hopefully now that he's back in uh, TNA, uh, he's a former multiple-time world champion there, so you can't really say that they don't have any confidence in him. Right. They're probably just going to set him loose and see what he does. Speaking of, like, setting people loose and everything and, you know, debuts and comebacks and everything. Oh, yeah, wasn't Slater on Slammiversary, yeah, too? Yeah, he's Slater. Like, so he was on Slammiversary, but he was also featured on Impact. I want to say he, uh, I cannot, I think it's Roji. Oh, they're running the free Roju. agent angle again. Right. But uh, as we know him here in Detroit, uh, Hakeem Zane cannot remember how to pronounce his name in Impact. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember either. It's like Raji Roju or some shit. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. But regardless, that I believe was he who, came out and attacked. Him, yeah, right? was who he, he attacked on Slammiversary, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And yeah. then I know they played the angle low, like. They did the, they're running the free agent right. angle again. Can't get in the building, you know, let me and call Rhino type thing. And they're definitely going to run him and Rhino again, which right. was fun enough the first time that, you know, I'm not really I'm kind of hoping that them. it ends up being a case where they do him against Rhino, because I know Rhino's going through... That was another thing, too. Dude, I've met Rhino three different times. Right. And every time I've met him was at a gas station around Flint. Because that's where he stays. Because my thing is the two... He's a super nice dude. I, like, have... Ever since I watched Impact from the beginning, I've always loved, like, LAX. So, like, I, yes, Hernandez every, was always my favorite. every version of LAX. But my thing is, like, Rhino blew through Hernandez like it was nothing. Like, he just charged oh, he him, squashed him yeah. hit the gore, and it was like... I watched it, and it was... As I was excited to see Rhino win, it was my almost personal... one of those things where it was like, why the fuck did he go over Hernandez? Okay, so my headcanon to make me feel better so I'm not sad about it is that Hernandez is hurt, but they wanted to get get him some work right. in these troubled times. So he went out and took a gore and got paid. Right. And then when he comes back out later and he's fine, <laughs> we'll get cool shit with Hernandez. That is what I choose to believe because that doesn't make me sad. Right. So that's what I'm going to go with until they prove me wrong. But, yeah, um, that one I'm like... <laughs> I wanted... Like, when I seen it on paper, it was one of those ones that it's like, on paper, I'm like, oh man, Rhino versus Hernandez. Like, this is going to have to be amazing. Power moves out the ass. Like, and then it was like... Cost fight. Boom, here's a gore, one, two, three. It's like, mm-hmm. what? What happened with that? Because that's yeah. my thing, too, is, you know, knowing some of, like, the backstage politics with everything... It's like, you know, does Hernandez have heat? Is he hurt? Because I know typically it's like if someone's hurt, typically you can tell when because they'll go out, they'll put it big like this, oh, man, this is about to be a good match, blah, 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 and then they'll get squashed. And yeah. then it's like one, two, three, they're done. They're I, gone I, for choose, a few months. I choose to believe that he's hurt. Yeah, because, because that, that makes me feel better. I know, I'm not saying like I know Hernandez personally. I met him. I want to say, can't remember what year it was, but it was when Impact was up here. Mm-hmm. I ran into him somewhere. We, you know, same thing with Chad. Got Gaspard became friends on Facebook, and you know, I can't say I've ever. I want to say we've had a few interactions, but still, in those few interactions, even scrolling through and just seeing his posts, it's like he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I don't see it being a case where you know he's got some heat. Definitely I've never heard anybody say anything about no, how I've they never didn't, heard didn't anything want to bad work with Hernandez. Hernandez. 
Hernandez mm. kicked ass in Lucha Underground too. I've been yes. watching through that because like they have the whole series on that yes. Tubi thing. Like, oh my god, yeah, he was great. Yeah, I, I mean that's my thing. It was like he even came back in, and in ragdolled it was like the, for a couple episodes. What was it two thousand eight? I think it was when it was him and uh, Homicide and LAX and, and Conan. Yeah, it was yeah. like those to me. Dude, was, I will always whew. love Conan. I'll go to bat for Conan until I die. Yes, Conan rules. So on from Slammiversary uh, Impact. Uh, Sunday was the horror show at Extreme Rules, which I'm going to assume they gave it the cutesy tagline like that because of the eye for an eye match. Yeah, and God, what a horror show Extreme Rules was. <laughs> so, okay, here's the thing I want to get out of the way right away because this is my main takeaway from the show, right? Um, the match that I personally thought was the best off that show, arguably, um... I ended up going back and watching the Kevin Owens and Buddy Murphy match off the pre-show because somebody told me to, and it turned out to be really good, even though it was, like, short, right? Right. Um, the WWE title match between Drew and Dolph was probably the best match of the night. I would say Sasha versus Asuka, but the finish of that was fucking ridiculous. But, so, my thing was... Dolph Ziggler got to pick the stipulation for this world title match. Right. And he got to announce it, and he got to choose when to announce it. Right? And he picked something that kayfabe is really smart. Right? Right. I get to use weapons, but Drew doesn't. Right? Um, Drew doesn't have champion's advantage. I can win off DQ or countout. Right? So, he's got everything going for him. But... The fact that they did that means that if Dolph doesn't win, he looks like an absolute bitch because right. of how hard the deck was stacked in his favor, right? Right. Now, Dolph has looked like an absolute bitch for a while, so nothing changes. But obviously, the way I'm talking about it here, he didn't win. Right. <laughs> like, he stacked the deck in his favor as much as he possibly could, and he didn't win. Right. So, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what you do with him at this point. Like, I like him. I'd like to see him wrestle other places. But in this company, I feel like he's kind of at the end of his road as a character. Because what the fuck else is he supposed to do? Right. He's already done everything that could possibly be interesting. And he's already failed at everything that could reinvigorate him. Yeah, I. So I don't know what. The he's only thing I can see now. is like, like, I think he'd be a good fit in Impact. I think he would fit in Impact, but I also think he would like, be a great fit in NWA. Put him in NWA, honestly. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. And have him wrestle under his real name because, dude, Nick Nemeth is a damn good wrestling name. Right. I think it's really good. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he doesn't have to be the show-off like he is with Dolph Ziggler, but it's like... So, allegedly, like, he said, I forget what interview it was, but he said, um, or posted it to Twitter or something this week, I don't remember, but I know that this week I saw people saying that Dolph said that he, like, went to the office and pitched the idea of using the fact that he was, like, a record-holding amateur wrestler at Kent State. Right. Like, he still holds the record for, like, most pins in a season. Like, he was a damn good collegiate wrestler, right? Right. 
and he even went to them like, you know, oh, can we play up my amateur background, you know, just to give the character something different, right? And right. he says they shut him down on that. So if he's not allowed to do anything, like, creatively outside of what he's already been doing, which got stale a couple years ago, and he's not going to be taken seriously by the other characters, then how are we supposed to take him seriously as an audience? You know, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, I like, can understand that, It's too. not that I don't like him. I still like him. I still was excited for the match, but he has nothing left to do anymore. No. Like, he's going to spin wheels until he retires if he doesn't go somewhere else. Yep. And I think he's still young enough and he's still, you know, healthy enough that he could go do cool shit somewhere else, and I would like to see it, personally. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, look at it this way. McIntyre, it was kind of like, you know, here's this Chosen One gimmick, Chosen, handpicked by Vince McMahon. Oh, and he was good then. And then it was like, all of a sudden, he got thrown in 3MB, and then he oh, was yeah. gone. He went was, to Impact. He was good then. And kicked ass. He was really good back when he was the Chosen One. Right. But him then still couldn't touch him now. Right. You know? So he was good, and he got way better. I mean, because that's my, so. my thing, too, is I know people are always like, oh, man, you know, hopefully Heath Slater follows the track of, you know, <laughs> My man jacked. got, my man is slapped. You see how big he is? Yeah, come back and <laughs> then win the world diesel. title. It's my like, man's diesel as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like that episode with of Raw with McIntyre and Heath. Yeah, dude, he was, was like When Heath came out, it was like, what happened? And that... 90 days where you were not allowed to be on TV anywhere oh, else. My man hit the gym Dude. every second of the day. Yes. He ate cold chicken and rice. He ate his vitamins. He said his prayers. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. It was crazy because it's just like he got so just jacked. But, oh, you yeah. know, back to Extreme Rules. Uh, Sasha and um, Sasha challenged Asuka for the Raw Women's title, and it was a good match. Up until the weird finish where Bailey put on a ref shirt, ref shirt and counted a pin and said that Sasha won. Like, what? <laughs> um, so the thing about it is it would have been okay, except WWE took to all of their social media before the night was even over to take, to, to go out of their way to make it not interesting. Right. Because at least then, like, with it being all weird and screwy, you at least have the question of, like, well, shit, I guess I gotta watch Raw tomorrow and see if this decision actually holds up or not and see if Asuka keeps her belt or if she lost it, right? Right. No, no, no. Like, an hour later, they go on all their social media and they were like, no, 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 just kidding, just kidding. Uh, Asuka is still the champion. And it's like, right. well, why the fuck did you even do it if you're gonna take all the interest out before the show's even over? Right, because, you know, typically back like, like back in the day when we first started watching angle? it, if like, they did that, it would have been like, oh, you know, hey, let's have this... Weird finish with Rock and Austin. You worked the fucking angle for all of forty-five minutes. Right. Like, what even was the point? Oh yeah, no, like, I don't know. That I, was my thing too. It uh, drove me nuts because it was like, <laughs> it was uh, a dumb finish. I didn't hate it until they announced clarifying it, and then I hated it because now it's pointless. Right. At least if there was a purpose to it, then I can, you know, I can be fine. Right. Um. Cesaro, tag specialist Cesaro is now champions with yet another partner. Shinsuke Nakamura. About fucking time Shinsuke is another champ. Yeah, dude, Shinsuke rules. Like, 
I know who was the last person Ugh. Shinsuke held a tag title with. I can't remember what year. It was a long time ago. I seriously think it was like 2009 or 10 or something. The last person he was a tag champion with was Hiroshi Tanahashi. If I remember right. Um, yeah, that was in New Japan, wasn't it? Yes. I think if I remember correctly. Yeah, the last yeah. time he was a tag champion was he was heavyweight tag champs with Tanahashi. Yep. And that was at least 10 years ago. And then before that, he was... He I think won he won the, one of the tag tournaments. Was the, that with Tenzon? Yeah, tag tournament with yeah, Tenzon. With Tenzon? Yeah. 2004. Yeah, dude, Tenzon's a fucking beast back in the day. Dude, he rules. I'm going to talk about him later when we do Dexter Loomis, because he does Tenzon's finish. But um, he does it correctly, unlike a lot of other people. But, so we have new tag champions. Um, MVP declared himself U.S. champion because Apollo Crews apparently failed his physical before the match. Which, to and me, is... He just has COVID. That's the sounds of it. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Um, so he announced that he won by forfeit. And then... Um, Bailey versus Nikki... Uh, so Bailey versus... I almost said Nikki Storm. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey versus Nikki Cross. They did that one, right? That was on Extreme Rules? Yeah. And oh no, Nikki Storm was that was her indie name. Yes. Yeah. So I yes. would have been technically I would have been right. Yeah, you would have yeah. been right. No, it um, was uh yeah Bailey with Sasha versus. Yeah, Nikki so she ended up winning, Chris. and then they ran that back on SmackDown, which we will get to because there was a story bit for right for that one. But that match was like I don't know, it was a match. Nikki looked really good. Like Bailey, yeah. Bailey went out of her way to make her look great. Right. So. I get that's my thing. So that's my one take on Bailey. It's not that I don't like her. I just. I don't like her work as a heel. I think it would be better if there was a crowd that wasn't mixed with actual superstars. That I feel yeah, Bailey does play better to a crowd. Right. And even Bailey as a face plays better to a crowd. Right. But, but I feel like it's kind of unfair to like I'm not saying you do this, but I've seen other people kinda of dog on her for uh, her work not being effective. And I'm it's like, the yeah. first time she's ever been I'm a like, heel. Dude, that's well she that's was a heel in the indies. Right. But I mean on like Rose. WWE. But, like, um, dude, everybody's having trouble in the COVID era. Like, I mean, shit, look at us. Fucking, we... fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi, like, best wrestler in the world. Whoever disagrees can suck my asshole through a straw. Like, Hiroshi Tanahashi is once in a generation amazing. Like, he is in the conversation for greatest of all time from anywhere. Right. He is top ten of all time. Easily. Definitely. Tanahashi is having trouble figuring out how to work and how to sell right without a crowd. Like, right. I really feel like it's unfair to fault anybody for having trouble finding their footing with this. Because you have to basically relearn your entire profession. Right. Because you're used to playing to crowds. It's the whole job. Though, if like, I'm not badly mistaken, wasn't it... It was New Japan that just that was the first event they had a crowd wasn't it yeah so they are allowed i think half capacity everybody is masked everybody is socially distanced and they have signs that say like don't make loud noises so that you don't project any particles talking right. so we will get on that later when we talk about japan right because um yeah there was yeah, some stuff crazy. that happened that um a lot of people shit on it because they said the crowd wasn't reacting, but the crowd's also not allowed to react right. loudly. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, eye for an eye. Um, 
I'll give it to them, man. They tried. Had it uh, been a Seth case... Seth and Ray, they put on a good match. Yeah. The but finish was weird, but the match was cool. Had it been a case where it was like... <clears throat> they had more time, I feel, to make it more like a cinematic thing. Like, you know, your Boneyard match at Mania, or even later in the card, the yeah. Swamp match with Braun The match was very Ray. cool. They did a lot of really cool-looking, really creative weapon spots in that match. Right. And everything was cool right up until the finish, and then the finish was kind of hokey. Although I did laugh my ass off at Seth walking up, seeing Ray, and like puking at ringside. Yeah, like that was, <laughs> that, was that made it funny. Like, but my that thing was is funny. the eyeball looked to me it looked like a pokeball. Dude, it's a plastic eyeball from Party City. Like I've literally seen the same one. Right, like, like it just looked like Party a prop. Like, so like my <laughs> thing is, is, had they used the more cinematic look, they literally could have made it look like Ray lost his so, eye. Allegedly, uh, I saw a lot of people saying that WWE said it would be CGI. I don't recall them saying that. I just remember a lot of people speculating that it would be. Because I guarantee they, because they said like an eye will come out. They have to simulate an eye coming, coming out. out. Right. And so people just assumed well like, the best oh, way this to, is about to be a cinematic. The best match. way to do that is to CG it to make it look like it. Right. right. But also allegedly this week. Uh, they said that they wanted that to be more gory, and Vince McMahon vetoed that. Right. So it possibly was gonna look better when they were taping it before, because this is pre-taped. Right. And then they went with something else that was like less gross and violent looking, and it ended up being kind of hokey. But um, a couple of things can save this for me. Um, so apparently Ray is working without a contract on a date-by-date basis right now. And considering that he is very obviously trying to get Dominic a gig with the company, um, I would expect him to keep doing that in order to stay like on good terms and everything. Uh, he w- Ray has already been knocking out a lot of bucket list stuff. Like he wanted to wrestle for New Japan, and like a year and a half ago, he went and he did that. So like, he's Rey Mysterio. He has nothing to prove to anybody. Like yeah, he's Rey one Mysterio of, has Rey nothing Mysterio to is one of the best to ever do it. I know I was just fanboying over Tanahashi, but honest to God, dude, Rey Mysterio in our lifetime, like as long as we've been watching, because we're we're young guys, you know, early twenties. Like Rey Mysterio is probably the best to do it in our lifetimes. Like honestly, as far as consistency over the years. So. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I like that's my so my thing is too though with that match. Like, if he if he covers his eye, right? You know, he has his mask there. Right. Say he puts like a mesh thing over his eye to cover it up. Boom, saved. Right. (laughs) I will like that, and I want more Dominic involvement. I want him to like go after Seth Rollins. That's literally what I was just going to say. So that's my take on it. Is Rey Mysterio's at that age? You know, I've always heard over the years, like you hit, you know mid to late 40s with WWE and you're done. Look at Jericho. Like, Jericho's what? Almost 50? Dude, I hate to keep going back to New Japan since this isn't the time for that segment yet, but at the beginning of the New Japan Cup, uh, Nagata and Suzuki. Right. Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki, who are both, I think they're both either 51 or 52. Right. They put on a hell of a match. They went for a good 15-20 minutes and they slapped the piss out of each other and they were still, even this weekend at the recent shows that we'll get to later, they were still like going at each other and shoving the young lions out of their way to beat on each other. Right. Like, if you take care of yourself and you work a smart style that works like 
lean into the character stuff more, you can still go further into it. I mean, it. that's my take. Look but at you can't do a WWE schedule right. at that age because your body is just not built to hold up for that. As much as I would love to see Jericho still like, in WWE... You have to be part-time or your body's going right. to break down. I mean, I'm happy he's with like, AEW because oh it's yeah. like... If you're healthy in your 30s, working a WWE schedule is going to break your body down. It's right. not designed to go through that much punishment that often without any recovery downtime. No, because I mean, that's my thing. It's like, you know, the way Seth Rollins works, I don't see him doing that forever. I don't He's gotten see him. a lot smarter about picking his spots recently. Though. Right. I don't like the he way he was working in the beginning, though, with the shield where he was. Oh, like, before he blew his entire knee out. Yeah. yeah. I and don't that's see... what happens. His entire knee exploded, and he yeah. had to be out for a year. I don't see that being a case um, where he's going to be able to do you that. you got to pull a Randy Orton, man, once you make enough money to pull a Randy Orton. Have you heard about his like rituals for stuff? He stretches before and after every match. Uh, he ices right. after every single time. Right. Every time. No exceptions. He has his own bus, and he like stretches out and takes care of himself. Randy Orton can work Randy Orton-style stuff for another ten years. Right. Because he takes care of himself. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah, you gotta... He's gonna have to be going to a part-time thing. What was left with that? Um, oh, so the Swamp on, match the with swamp, Braun and yeah. Bray. So I saw people saying, like, um, does the inclusion of, like, the Alexa Bliss thing mean that she's confirmed as Sister Abigail? Uh, I'm gonna go with no, because in canon, Sister Abigail's gone. Right. They haven't mentioned her since Randy Orton burned, burned down, down the house. The house. So in kayfabe, he like exercised that spirit. She's gone. Right. Right. Also, the way that they played it up made it seem a lot more like Bray used an image of Alexa because she's Braun's friend and he wanted to distract him. Right. So that's what I got from it. I don't know if you got anything different. From so watching the it. way I looked at it is, it kind of yeah. took me back to when Bray and Matt used to tag mm-hmm. you know with broken Matt Hardy how he was like you know the vessel of his former self type thing how he always used you know like Vanguard and all that stuff yeah it made me think back to like you know how Matt would say like the seven deities and all this shit like he can reference Sister Abigail without her actually being there exactly okay, like yeah. it being no, a I case you where he, you know yeah. Matt obviously isn't with WWE but you know, without, obviously, I don't know if you caught SmackDown this week, without dropping, you know, everything and oh, saying, Oh, Jeff like, mentioned it. Yeah, that he mentioned it. Sheamus, you know, right? like, yeah. my brother's broken, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Type, I need, you know, type thing of, like, I'm going to fix myself type thing. Yeah. To me, though, it's like, I felt like Bray's thing with Sister Abigail is he can have her, you know, like, physically embody anybody. Mm-hmm whoever is against it to, like, distract them. So, like, say... I like that idea. Even it be a case where, like, he's going up against, you know, like, say it's a case, like, Gargano comes up to main roster, and, you know, he uses, like, Candice in a hood. Or it's being a case where it's, like, you know, not that I ever see it happening. Or, like, had it been a case where Eric Young stuck around, he could have easily used Nikki Cross. <laughs> I thought you were going to say ODB. <laughs> no, that would have been great. That would have been so good. <laughs> that would have been great. I honestly almost said that, and then I it was like... It was ODB. Then I, then I thought about it. One dirty bitch. I was like, you know, Nikki would have been something cool like that. Or even it being a case where, 
obviously, you know, WWE's never going to do the intergender matches. Yeah, ODB be grabbing at her boobs and her, her crotch way too way too often to be on a WWE show. But thinking of it being a case where, like, you know, <laughs> Bray tried to go after, like, Nikki type thing. Yeah. Or, like, Bray went to go after Alexa to get to Nikki, to get Nikki to, you know, end up being the one that comes out as, like, Abigail. Yeah, I can see Being that. a case where, like, you know, say he uses it as a case where Abigail can either be, you know, male or female or just any object. Being a case where, you know, if it's against, you know, Bliss and Nikki, he can use, like, Braun as this Abigail-type person mm-hmm. to go against Bliss. So it's like, to me, it's like, you know, long story short, I always kind of felt Abigail could be, like, anybody yeah, no, I like that idea. And here's my take on it, too. Cutting through all the old footage of Braun and the Wyatt family, seeing them use the footage of Rowan and Harper in the footage with the family was kind of mm. strange. That did feel kind of weird. Because it was like, they're both gone. Harper's <laughs> yeah. Brody Lee in AEW. Yeah. Here's to see what happens with Rowan yet. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he finds good work. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I really hope he lands in, Man, you know, I like him and AEW dude, like Brody, but it's like... Early. Shouts no. out to my uncle. Because um, uh, Jay really liked Rowan in the early Wyatt family when people were still shitting on him and saying he couldn't work. Right. Like, he was oh, like, I've he was always like, been a huge Yeah, he was fan like, I don't him. know, man. His look is cool, and I feel like he'll he'll come into it. He'll figure it out, and then he did. So I always hoped and prayed that if he ever got repackaged, him as he, Daniel Bryan's heater was was great. Right, but I always thought like if he ever got repackaged, he would do good as like a Viking thing. Mm-hmm. Or to me he really honestly reminded me of like today's era of like our attitude era nails character oh, okay well his current name like that he sells t-shirts on and stuff is eric redbeard right like eric with a k right which gives me the impression that he's definitely doing like running with the viking thing right i either thought <laughs> viking or like a pirate because the fact be that cool. he's redbeard but i mean that's my thing too it's like like paul Burchill, right <laughs> God, no. No. <laughs> Fuck that. That was, like, the worst gimmick for Paul. That was so Man, weird. Especially I, when I they like Paul brought Virgil. Katie Lee in, and it was, like, this incestuous brother-sister love. Uh, it was, like, brother and sisters should uh, not be acting Pirate like Paul that. Paul was still better than that. But, <laughs> God. It wasn't the worst thing. Yeah, before. having... But that's... So, okay, so talking about Virgil for a second with that. <laughs> when... He was with Regal. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That was the most entertaining times on SmackDown. Oh, I love Regal. But at the same time, it was, like, it was just stupid. It was, like, yeah. I liked it at times, but then there was other times that it was, like, what is this garbage? Like, I'm not even wanting to call it garbage because it wasn't garbage. It was just, like, just kind of eh. corny as shit ever. The worst thing you can be on this type of show. It's like is, not, is, it was is, like is, Great is Value man. Jack Sparrow. Like, you had a Walmart <laughs> band, brand Jack Sparrow. <clears throat> to me, it was yeah. like Paul Burchill. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that sit there and listen to this, and they're going to say, like, dude, no, I disagree. His pirate gimmick was nice in the beginning. Oh, I, like, I love The big nets before he debuted were yeah, awesome. Pirate Paul kicked ass. The but, C4 was dope. 
then it was like it just kind of got stale yeah. But I tell you what, one of the best characters that I've ever played as in a WWE game was when they included Paul Burchill as a pirate. Yeah. SmackDown versus Raw. Dude, he was great. The entrance was great. Actually having him swing into the ramp, it yeah, was like, ruled. dude, that was perfect. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sidetracked. But, uh, so... That always happens. We're parents. So, dude. Braun, yeah. <laughs> uh, Braun ended up winning... Or not even winning. He got, like, drowned, and there was, like, a no contest thing. So yeah, he's, I, he's, still, he's still champion, so basically he wins. that they actually have it that Bray defeated Braun. But he's not champion. But he's not champion. Because I have a okay. feeling what it's going to be and is... And, like, The Fiend ended up coming out of right. the swamp. Which, The Fiend is probably going to beat Braun. Braun, for the title at SummerSlam. This probably isn't going to please anybody who's a fan of The Fiend. But you need to keep him far, far away from any of the belts. Right. Because like, that way here, he can continue to win. Because that's my thing. Braun entire... is the babyface. Braun was babyface for this. <clears throat> so I have a feeling it's going to go back to the gimmick of, like, the Fiend's going to destroy all the babyfaces that fucked him over in the past. Yeah, so the thing about the Fiend gimmick is, like... Okay. You can do a non-title feud that is just about one person mentally fucking with the other person for, like, a year. And as long as the writing is good, fine. Right? Title contenders need a lot more freshness than that. Right. You can't run the same title program non-stop with no interludes to other places for a year. Like, you know what I mean? It It has less longevity. Right. And the way a Fiend match works is... I'm going to bury your finish and then win. Right, because that was my thing, Like, too. I'm going to no-sell every move you do and then win. And that's just not entertaining as a championship reign. No. Like it is as a blood feud. Right, because like, with The Fiend, though, it's almost like... I honest to God feel like they're trying to make either him into, like, modern-day McFoley because, they, I mean, he uses the Manable Claw, like... Attitude Era... I'm glad somebody's using it. Yeah, cool. Attitude Era children who are grown up and they are still watching the product, a.k.a. your great hosts, yeah, us. That's, a, that's us. Me, Shout out to us. Yeah. They're going to recognize that... Like, So that was my thing. He never really used it until it, it was a case where he, he attacked on, Mick he Foley. He used it on Mick Foley first, right? Right. Yeah. He attacked Mick Foley, and that was my take of... Holy shit, Foley just passed the Manable Claw on to Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kane had a variation of it back with, what was it, 2013-14 years when he was doing that huge feud with Cena and Daniel Bryan and Punk. Yeah, I think his was just a straight choke, Yeah, right? his looked like a choke, but it also kind of looked like a non-shoving-my-hand-down-your-gullet <laughs> claw. Yeah. But having Bray... So that's my thing. Having Bray attack fully, you know, <clears throat> fully being the age he's in, you know, going through everything he's gone through, not really physically being able to take a bump, but having it be a case that he, you know, still sold and took the Manable Claw from, you know, Bray. To mm-hmm. me, that was, as I said, that was him passing the torch and saying, you know what? Yeah. I give you full credit, like, you yeah. can use my finish. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening with him because they didn't do anything with either of them on Raw the next night. Smackdown. Um, that was Raw on Monday. Yeah, I know, but 
Brian. Oh, he is on SmackDown. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I was say Brian Braun or SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, no shit. They didn't do anything. With it at all. Okay, I don't. Duh. Yeah, I don't watch Raw usually. I watch it for this. What's that? <laughs> that uh, Eli um, Drake says, "Dummy." Yeah, dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Mustafa Ali came back, and there wasn't really a lot of fanfare for that. Nope. And no I'm hacker gimmick. Assuming they're just dropping that, which, which is probably for the best at this point. If you yeah. don't have any plans, um, you don't want it to end up like Eric Rowan in the cage. Yeah. When, um, who was it that crushed the cage? I can't even remember. Yeah, exactly. Like, they crushed <laughs> it. They revealed either. it was this god-awful, unearthly spider. Yeah, and then the it party was like, city spider? Oh, no, spider's dead. Um, so, also, they did... Um, Ziggler asked Drew for a title rematch, and Drew was like, uh, no. I, I beat your ass. Right. All over the ring. On your terms. Right. You are a whole bitch. You cannot have another shot at my title. I mean, my thing is, though, is if they do it, I honestly, in the case of that Drew is finally champ, I don't see him dropping the title to Dolph this early. Because, no, I mean, he's only a couple months into the ring. Yeah. Unless, I, I mean, unless to. it's the case where, you know, I have a feeling, as much as I really, you know, my take on it. They don't do trading it back and forth anymore like they did no. when they were kids. No, that was the thing. It was like, back in the day, it was like... The so Rock like and Stone the Cold s- went back and forth all the time. The summer of punk. It was like, boom, John Cena. Boom, CM Punk. Boom, John Cena. Boom, CM Punk. Boom, Alberto Del Rio. Boom, CM Punk. And boom, John Cena. And the long one. Right. My thing is, though, is, like, I don't... I'm not one that typically likes those feuds that it's, like, they draw them out. Because it's, like, the Buddy Murphy, Aleister Black thing. That was drawn out forever. Dude, anytime they wrestle each other, I'm gonna watch it. But still, yeah, still. Good. Anytime... That was gonna, I was gonna say, too. Anytime and they're on, I'll watch it. Because it helps they that put they're on a not, good match. It helps that they're not ham-fisting it. Right. It's just the circles that they run in they end up bumping into each other. Right. And every time they bump into each other, they it's remind you good. that they hate each other. Right. So they don't talk about each other when the other one's not around. They don't get into it when they're beefing with somebody else. But, but when they cross paths, you remember, amazing. oh, shit, they hate each other. Right. And they go at it. And I think that's cool. I like that. But my Speaking feeling... Speaking of Alistair, though, he took his first L in a singles match on main roster. Yeah, that's actually... That was what I was just going to That's go his into. first loss in a singles match since Ciampa beat him for the title in NXT. No, 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 my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, wait, no, 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 it is that, but I was thinking of the one where Ciampa won the belt. Right. It was TakeOver Rumble Weekend Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, when Ciampa retained the belt over him was the last time that uh, Alistair took a loss in a singles match. So it's been over a year, like over a year and a half, I think. Yeah. And he finally took one. Um, we also had, uh, the only other thing I really paid attention to, because it was her last one, was uh, Kyrie Sane wrestled Bailey, and she won. Which was very surprising. And it was her last match before she leaves and goes back to Japan. Which, I think she is either married or getting married soon, and like, going home, which good for her like i'm gonna miss seeing her team with asuka just because i thought that team was good but you know i wish her the best when she goes back i was kind of surprised that she went over on her way out i yeah, didn't see I, that coming that at was all. my thing it's like it's a pleasant surprise though 
typically, so that was my thing. I know we discussed with Rey Mysterio back to the Extreme Rules thing. We discussed with Rey, you know, it being a case where they're like, oh, God, you know, he lost his eye, blah, 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 you know, he's going to be blind type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Rey's kind of where, as people have been saying for a few months, Rey's been working on, like, a handshake deal, supposedly. Yeah. I did see, I want to say it was either this morning or yesterday, they said he had a meeting with Stanford. Didn't necessarily say what it was about. Obviously, I'm assuming it's negotiating a new contract. Right. But I also seen that someone said, I want to say it was Dave Meltzer. You know, fuck Dave Meltzer. I'm going to say that now. (laughs) Not a huge fan of Dave Meltzer. To me, Dave Meltzer on the IWC is the Jim Cornette of IWC. I'm kind of of ambivalent on him. Like, his, his reporting of stories... Like, the dude has his reputation for a reason. Like, he has good sources and he gets good information. Nine times out of ten, though, but to me... the editorial stuff, I'm not really huge on. Dave Meltzer is the TMZ of the wrestling world. Because nine times out of ten, you'll have times where TMZ is right. Then there's other times where TMZ is wrong. Well, he's not good at expressing opinions in a, no. way, in a way that doesn't upset people. No. Like, he's good at just giving facts in, like, a bland way. Like, I don't mean that to sound like I'm, like, being a dick to him or anything. No, but, no like, I'm but, like, like, he said something about, like, when, um, Peyton Royce, who has a new finish, and it's pretty sweet, that Dude, spinning that was, Buster thing. Yeah, that was but awesome. But she, you know, like, I'm not trying to objectify anybody here, but, you know, like, she got her boobs done, and, like, it was noticeable, right? And Dave said something about how, like, um, she moves a little bit different. She's probably still getting physically kind of used to that, like being proportioned a little different. Like, you can't really dive through the ropes at the exact same angle when you're shaped a little bit different. You got to adjust and figure it out. So once she figures it out, and you know it'll seem natural and everything will be good, right? Yeah, but he Every- like everybody shit on it. Everybody took that as him like fat shaming her, right? And all I really took from that was like, well, you know, it's. Listening to him before, he would say the exact same shit if, like, a guy was out for a little bit and got yoked. Right. And kind of moved a little bit awkwardly. He'd just be like, yeah, he's just getting used to his body being different. Yeah, I mean, like, he kind of... So, based off of that, it kind of reminded me back when uh, Gender went down. When Gender came back and won the title from Mm -hmm. Orton, Gender went out. He was kind of... Not to say it awfully, not that I'm body shaming. Like I would never do that to anybody. He went out. He wasn't shredded. Like right. He was, when he he came was back. a little he was bit just a on big, the heavier side. He was just a big jack dude, and then he came back and he was cut. Right. Like, so like yeah. he wasn't. It wasn't that he was like you know overweight and fat or anything, but it's like he wasn't. He was in shape, but yet he wasn't like in in shape. You know what he I mean? He wasn't like shredded. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not gonna make any sense, but like he wasn't. You can shredded. be jacked and not be shredded. Exactly. Like, it's, yeah. But. but then it was like I mean, look at Brock. Brock looks jacked, but yet he's got a, he's got a stomach on him. Oh yeah, like you know, sorry, Brock. Dude, Cormier from UFC is jacked as hell, and he's built like a tank, but he's not like right. But he's got a, like it, you're right. He's got yeah, it's, like a yeah. little bit of a gut. But anyways, long story short, to me, it kind of made me think back. I want to say he made a comment back when gender came out. It was like people were like, okay, you know, they were making fun of his chest. They were like, yeah. oh, he's got roid tits or whatever it is, because yeah. it was like they People were weird. mean to gender, man. <laughs> gender to me, though, it was like he went out you know, kind of like we said about Heath. Grinded. Put on muscle. Took himself from this thing, and then made himself as like, dude, as they would say, Vince McMahon championship 
champion title holder material. Dude, you can shit on the matches if you want. Visually, that dude carried himself like a champion better well, than anybody in that company has in like a decade. Right. We can he vouch. He looked like a fucking star when he had right. the belt. We can vouch. Like, he was WWE champion when we went to that last event at the Joe. Oh, yeah, he carried himself like a big deal. We, honestly, really God, were it. probably the only two that I think that cheered for gender that night. Oh, dude, I love gender. Right. <laughs> gender rules. Or as they always say, what was it, don't hinder you gender? You can't hinder gender. Right. Gender he Mahal, was finally though, was like, when he won the belt. Yeah, he came back, you know, as I was saying, Dave kind of made that comment, too, like, people were bitching about it because they're like, oh, you know, he moves kind of stiff now, blah, blah, blah. He for was one, like, well, his body's he, different. He's getting used to it. Right, exactly. But, yeah. He's getting used to. He's got to get used to being able to possibly, you know, before not that he struggled to throw anybody, but now it's like, you're as light as a feather there, Heath. Like yeah. I can toss you around or like. What were we like on that? for Raw? Oh, Kyrie's last match. She's leaving. Yeah. So she left, and we were both surprised. That was it. Um, I paid like really minimal attention to SmackDown, honestly. I know that uh, Matt Riddle squashed somebody. Uh, what is it? He squashed out Tony Nese. He whipped his ass in like yep. two minutes. Um, he's going to get into a feud with Corbin, I guess. Uh, I saw that Grand Metalik is number one contender for the IC title now. Which I thought was very surprising. It was weird, but the match is going to be good. So yeah, I mean, whatever. like, oh yeah, Grand Metalik is also a very good talent. Oh, dude, but he rules. Him and AJ Styles, it's going to be great. They teased tension with Alexa and Nikki Cross, and then like resolved it right away. Yeah, I don't know what was. I don't know why so they did I'm it that sure way. So I'm not sure if that's going to go anywhere. And then they had the bar fight thing with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. And Sheamus was just being a straight dick and telling him that like he's an addict and he's gonna fall off the wagon again and he sucks. <laughs> he was being an asshole and it was good. But I did pay more attention to NXT because I was really curious about the um, Keith Lee two belts situation. Because at Great American Bash, uh, North American champion Keith Lee beat Adam Cole, the longest reigning and in my opinion best NXT champion of all time. Uh, Adam Cole. Um, so he had two belts, and he announced this week with William Regal that he was going to relinquish the North American title, and they have a series of triple threats. There's going to be five of them total. Right. And the winners of each of those qualifies for a ladder match at TakeOver, uh, TakeOver 30, which is, I think, at the end of August. Yep. So we have summer, should be SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. So real quick before we get into the matches here, I saw a bunch of people comparing him with the two belts to Evil in New Japan with the two belts. Yep. Yeah, I've seen and the saying like, oh that. well, what's the deal with that? Like, okay, Keith Lee in character is the purest soul in the world. Right. right? He's he's fucking Superman. Right. Like he is so pure of heart and good. Right. That when Keith Lee says to the camera. Right, um, you know, I I I made a promise that I was going to take the belts from the undisputed era, and I did it, you know. But I got that opportunity because I had the North American title. Like Adam Cole wanted to challenge me and give me the opportunity because I already had that. Right. I want to give the opportunity to other people like I had. That is consistent in every fucking way with how Keith Lee's character has been presented all along. Right. Right. Evil, besides the fact that his goddamn name is Evil, <laughs> like, come on, he's a dickbag heel, 
who relishes in the fact that he has multiple titles. Why would he ever vacate one of the titles to give opportunities to other people that he's better than and he's lording it over? doesn't make right. any sense. Right? But for Keith Lee, totally in character, totally makes sense. Uh, I'm not super huge on... like. I kind of wish he would have defended them a couple of more times before he did that. Right. But, you know, they wanted the build to a takeover, and I get that. Um, speaking of that, um, the first qualifier was uh, Bronson Reed versus Roderick Strong versus Johnny Gargano. And in a big surprise to me, Bronson Reed pulled out the win. And it was a really, like, decisive, cool-looking win. Um, Johnny hit his slingshot DDT on uh, Roderick. And uh, right after that, um, Bronson hit his, like, frog splash and pinned uh, Roddy. Right. So he's in that now. Which um, I thought was kind of interesting. I didn't expect that. I liked it, though. I'm cool with it. Uh, they had Tim Thatcher and Oni Lorcan, and Thatcher whipped his ass for a good part of it. And then Oni started getting back into it and working over Thatcher's arm, and Thatcher had to get a roll-up pin on him. Right. And he looked mad as hell about it. So that program is definitely going to keep going. They had Killian Dane and Dexter Loomis. Uh, Dexter Loomis is great. That dude is super agile for his size. There was that bit where Dane threw him at the steps and he just rolled over him. That was really cool. Um, they had... Okay, so the way that he does the Anaconda Vice, he locks in the Anaconda Vice, and then he does a thing that Tenzon used to do that I love. So Tenzon called it the Anaconda Buster, right? Right. When somebody would start to wrestle out of the Anaconda Vice, still with it in, he would pick them up a little bit and, and just slam them back down to the mat and lock it in tighter. And I loved that. Because that makes sense. You would do that. Right. If you are big and strong enough to do that, that is absolutely how, that is how you maintain control and you win. Loved that. That was super cool. And then they had Dane pass out in the hold, to, which still protects him, kind of. Right. But, dude, I love Loomis. Loomis is great. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, ended up beating Aaliyah, because, of course. And then uh, Mercedes Martinez came out and just kicked the shit out of Shotzi. <laughs> like, she was in that little tank, and Mercedes came in and, like, booted her in the face and knocked her out of it. And then she told uh, Robert Stone, uh, shout out Robbie E. Uh, she told Robert Stone, basically, like, I need a manager because I'm not trying to do paperwork. I'm just trying to come in here and kick ass. Right. Like, you handle my bookings and don't fuck anything up for me and we'll be fine. And he was like, yeah, cool. So that's going to be cool. I want to see where that goes. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why AEW didn't try harder to get Mercedes Martinez. Like, because she was in one of the Battle Royals at uh, Double or Nothing, I think. It was the... Or was it the all-in one? Well, I want to say it was all-in one. Like, she was in that, and people liked her. I just, I don't know why they didn't sign her. And then they had, uh, Breeze and Fandango beat, um, was it Everrise? They used to be 3.0. Yeah. Uh, that was decent. They're getting to show some character. They, like, yell, and they, they talk now, instead of just jobbing on 205 Live. Yep. And then they closed with, uh, the Rocky Four joint. With, uh... Kill it, uh, Killian, Carrion Cross, and uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, and if I swear to God, if I have to hear Mauro Rolano say Dijakovic, 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 Dijakovic one more <laughs> fucking time, dude, I'm he gonna rules, like. Though Dijak is great. 
Yeah. I don't know why they just don't go with Dominic Dijak. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's what like, he was on Because he was Donovan Dijak. Yeah, Donovan Dijak. And, like, it's a cool name. And, like, his actual name is, like, Chris Dijak or something. So, right. like, it's close. But, yeah, they did the thing where, like, Lee comes out as... So, Cross did this thing on the outside of the ring where he had Dijak's head. I'm just going to call him Dijak. Fuck it, it's easier. Uh, he had Dijak's head between the ring steps, the steel ring steps, and the ring. God, that looked brutal. And he just booted his... And at that point, he's dead. He's done. Right. He gets no more offense the entire rest of this match, which goes on for, like, four more minutes. Right? So what he ends up doing is um, he gets him back in the ring, and he goes to work on him. He starts laying in these stiff-ass forearms on him, just oh, wrecking yeah. him. And Lee is outside the ring, and, like, they've already established him and Dijak are... They're homies. Like, right. they're, they're best buddies, right? And he looks devastated that he can't go in there and help. And he's, like, about to try and stop the match, and Dijak is like, no, stop it. Because it's just Rocky Four. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's Drago, like, killing Apollo Creed. Yep. And Cross, like, I thought this was really cool. He, like, got up to Keith Lee when Dijak was like, no, don't stop it. And he looks at Keith Lee, and he asks him to his face, he's like, are you watching? Are you watching this? Right. Throws him back down, chokes him out, Dijak passes out. And then Keith Lee goes to get in there, cross dips, he's out. Um, the only problem I have with this storyline is that you kind of have to do a title match at that point, and there is absolutely no way in hell Keith Lee should be losing this soon, especially not after being the guy to finally beat Adam Cole. Right. Cross doesn't really need a title. Nope, because to me, Cross is kind of like the... He's in the same caliber as The Fiend. It's like, don't put the title on him. He doesn't need a title, and also, like, at the risk of sounding like I'm being kind of mean to him here, I don't mean to, but, like, every company I've seen him in, he comes in with a lot of fanfare, and people really go nuts for him, and then... He kind of fizzles out because the company doesn't have any plans beyond his initial thing. Right. So, I I don't know. I just I'd want to see that they can book more than one storyline before I want him to be like the focal point of a show. Because if they don't have plans and he's your centerpiece, your whole show suffers for it. Right. And Keith Lee is already over as hell. So, um, Dynamite was that same night. Uh, Cody did his open challenge. Eddie fucking Kingston answered the open challenge, uh, schooled him on the mic, went after Arn Anderson on the mic. Like, dude, Eddie Kingston rules. I, I honestly, I don't know who, like, is better on the mic than Eddie Kingston these days. Like, I really don't. God, uh, that felt so real, though. That was so good. Uh, Hangman Page is still the best thing on TV. Darby Allen came back. Ricky Starks and Cage are a team now, which I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Sammy Guevara ended up coming back under the yeah, Serpentico that, mask. that was such a slap in the face to Sasha. Because it's like, he was gone, what, two weeks? Three weeks? He was gone over a month. It didn't. I felt like it was, it was like two weeks. But it's like... I mean, I don't want to speak for her because she already made her statement about it, about how they, they talked privately, and he said something publicly, and she said something publicly. Right. So I don't want to, like, speak for her and allege that she has problems with it if I don't know that. Right. 
but yeah, I was surprised it was that soon. And then, dude, this man JR is still wilding out on commentary, and even more on Twitter. Did you see, like, his two yes. moments on Twitter? God. So he had the one, I know the one you're thinking of, I think. Yeah, so he, so the one talk- about the barbecue sauce. With yeah, the, yep. this lady, this nice lady says that she likes his barbecue sauce, and he goes, oh, you're on the Christmas list. And she goes, oh my god, finally. And he goes, yeah, be wearing my mistletoe belt buckle. I'm like, you make barbecue sauce for a living, and a nice woman tells you she likes it, and your immediate thought is to go, hmm, you want to suck my dick. Like, I don't... What is wrong with this man? <laughs> his life seems I to have can't... gone downhill since his wife passed. Honestly, and dude, like, he is wild now. And then he had another thing where he was talking about how, uh, he's like, no, just, uh, just DVR NXT, because our shit's better. Like, that was his exact quote. And I was like, hey, man, if I want you to believe it, because that, that is your stuff. Like, honestly. Um, what else? Uh, SummerSlam and TakeOver, um, they're going to be at the Performance Center. Yeah, there's they no said doubt. not Boston, but they didn't say you know quote unquote. Unless where. they do the close set at it's gonna end up corporate being, office again, like they did with Money in the Bank. It's probably the PC, honestly. Like it's it's probably the PC. Um, so, uh, kind of just miscellaneous stuff, just to wrap up this part. Uh, Chikara is, I closed. believe, officially closed. I kind of got that idea, too. Uh, Dasher Hatfield was their champion. Uh, he changed his name because it was, like, really associated with the Chikara thing. And so his new name is A Very Good Professional Wrestler. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he's a cool enough guy. Like, I'll see how it works out. That's, all right. Uh, GCW did their homecoming shows in Atlantic City. Yep. This weekend, they did uh, Joey Janela versus Yoshihiko. Yeah, and I seen it was Iron Man had uh, a metalweight belt. Who was it? So he, I think he won that. Leo Rush was the one. That uh, ACH Joey. wrestled on it. That was cool. Chris Dickinson was on it. And, my man, I will shout out Chris Dickinson every single show. That dude is amazing. Rip. Love Chris Dickinson coolest thing Evolve ever did for me was show me a couple of live Chris Dickinson matches. See, and that's what I like, though, <laughs> like, too, about, real quick, by AEW, is the fact that they're allowing Joey Janela to still do the GCW shows. Love Joey Janela. And Joey Janela is wrestling Leo Rush on the show from today. Yes. Because uh, they're marketing it as, like, their last match against each other, because Leo Rush came out, and I forget who he attacked last night. It wasn't, it wasn't Joey. I thought Someone. he attacked Joey. Was it Joey? Yeah, I thought it was Joey. Yeah, he Jesus. attacked Joey. Jesus God. I've watched too much wrestling this week, you guys. Like, it's honestly so much. Like, we have a whole other part where it's just, just my Joshi shit. Um, so, they're doing that. That should be cool. I really, really hope that they do the powerbomb off a ladder through a table no-sell spot so Jim Cornette can shit his britches over it again. Yep. Fuck Jim Cornette, honestly. Like, no, no, he's seriously. the most he's the most miserable person in the world. I don't know how you can possibly have wrestling as a hobby. Like, dude, if I could make a living off of all the wrestling I watch and not have to have a fucking day job, I'd be the happiest dude in the world. I don't know how he's so sad about it all the time and so angry. Miserable old bastard. Like, dude, I watch so much I watch two New Japan shows and two stardom shows in their entirety in less than forty eight hours. Because I'm a fucking crazy person, okay? If I could have gotten paid to do that and not had to work 
for 45 hours during the week before that, I would have loved it. <laughs> I don't know how he's so crotchety all the time. I don't get it. Uh, but the last thing, real quick, um, before we wrap up on this part, and then we'll uh, get the next one after this. So, oh, no, 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 two things, my bad. Uh, Warhorse got announced for the next challenger for the TNT title next week. So yes. that'll be cool. I will show you, I'll send you some stuff for Warhorse. Oh, no, I, I, no I know who he is. Oh, sweet. And then the other thing that everybody's been talking about is uh, Adam Cole was on Pat McAfee's show. <laughs> and he, like, freaked out on him. He's like, oh, fuck you, Pat, you're a dick. Like, I'm sick of this shit. Because Pat McAfee was, like, um, kind of needling at him throughout the whole thing, you know? This kind of goes back a couple years, though. It goes back a while. Like, they've been, like, taking shots at each other, like, playfully over, like, the watch-along stuff. Right. For, like, two or three years. Like, that's been going on Since for a while. I was, yeah, was going to say about 2018. They, like, make fun of each other all the time. And, like, uh, Cole, like, he finally, like, told Cole, like, yeah, you were so successful because your friends fought for you. Right. And you didn't have to do anything. And he was, like, telling him, like, he finally, he was like, I mean, how are you going to do on me, man? You're kind of small. And he popped up and he goes, fuck you, man, I'm done with this. And he, like, shoves Pat's assistant, he storms out. Broke a headset and a mic in the process. And I saw a lot of people convinced that this was real. And I think the funniest thing about it is that all of the people that I saw who were just set on it being super real, right? Are all of the same people who think that every MMA beef is real, that every boxing rivalry is real, and never misses a chance to remind you that wrestling is all fake. Right. <laughs> they're all the smartest guy in the room, and they're the first person to ever figure out that wrestling is fake, but everything else is totally real. Right. And they're getting worked super hard by this wrestling angle because it's just I mean, a wrestling to me angle. it was <laughs> like somewhat convincing because i'm like okay i don't necessarily see it being a case where they're gonna say all right go on his show and drop these f-bombs oh they did a really good job with it but the thing like i don't really think he'd be talking like pwg adam cole if he was if it was real and he was running the risk of like getting punished for it right you know because he's been, like, consummate professional company man the whole time he's been there. Right. And, like, he's been that in every company. It's just that, you know, some of the indie ones gave him a little bit more freedom to do stuff. But, yeah, I just I couldn't see him, like, going off like that and risking his job. Right. You know? So that's why I kind of, like, it... I, I mean, I like haven't getting, seen anything about, obviously, you know, Office will like, catch it, but I haven't seen anything online about, oh, you know... Yeah, I feel like Adam we're getting Cole's, here. Right. Cause I know, I mean, my thing is, is I'm like, Matt's or not Matt. Pat has been working with WWE for quite a few years now, mm-hmm. so I'm like, me beyond the downtime. He didn't seem behind upset the scenes. At all after he no, he either. didn't. That's my thing. Is like, you know, maybe down in the downtime, he's behind the scenes. Is oh, he owns he's a training at type house. thing, right? So I'm like, he's had it for like three years, and he says that uh, Pat Buck trains him sometimes. Yeah. So I mean, who so, knows? Like, maybe this will lead to do a thing with it. Him and Adam Cole. At Takeover because I mean, like, realistically, Cole's in the title match, realistically, sure. Cole should kick his ass, right? Because you know, former world champion versus guy who doesn't wrestle, like you know. I mean, but, look at it this way: Who was it? Kevin Federline and Cena <laughs> didn't three minute warning beat Cena though. He just pinned him. Yeah, I was gonna say that was my <laughs> thing. It was like, 
have those have those big dudes with uh, Stokely Hathaway who spoiled the Great American Bash match just beat the shit out of Cole and throw Pat McAfee on top of him. Have the the, the Indus share guys. <laughs> those guys have to be in hot water after that. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> now I kind of want to see it. My thing is that's like, who in their right mind would think, hey, you know what? I'm gonna watch this match live and I'm gonna fucking spoil it. Like, I feel like he might have thought it was going up live instead of being taped. I kind of wondered that myself. Because if you noticed after that, though, he did not really say much on social media. No. So it's either a case so, where they were told. I feel like that was a mix up. Right. And dude doesn't need... To, there were people talking about, like, oh, he should lose his job. I don't think it's anything like that. But no, it wasn't anything that serious. No, it's nothing I mean, crazy. my thing is, though, is there has been times where, um, you know, obviously, like, back to WCW, WWF days, where they were like, hey, you know what? WWE is about to have Mick Foley win their title. Like, fuck Mick Foley type thing. They had the most viewers that night, the night fully won, yeah. because everyone was like, oh my god, what? Like, that can't be true. And then, yeah. boom, Mick Foley is WWF champion. And then he did it. So, Sorry, yeah. WWE. Yeah, no, that's our, I mean, that was kind of our American, like, roundup for the week and everything. Um, I think you said you got to head out in a minute. We're going to hop on a call in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go over the insane amount of shit from Japan that I watched yeah. over the last week. And I am going to do my damnedest to get Tristan into stardom with me so that I can bother somebody other than my girlfriend about the shows when I watch them. Right. <laughs> so, like, I will I will have this man cheering for Jungle Kiona. God damn it. Like, it's going to happen. Give me some stuff we'll, to watch on my downtime. We'll be sad together because she always jokes. It's like Goto. <laughs> I need someone to cry with me, damn it. <laughs> I was sad this weekend. But we're going to get back and we're going to talk about that later. So uh, we will see you guys then. Yeah. All right.